You are listening to episode 17 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. Today's guest is Reverend Frances Faden. She had quite a life-changing experience with Mother Mary. Yes, like the Mother Mary. Now, before we get into today's episode, I want to point out that I do not believe in coincidences. There are only synchronicities. So when Reverend Francis and I had our conversation, I was unsure of when her episode launch date would be. When I emailed her to say that today's episode would air on 1212, she quickly replied back and told me that 1212 is the feast day of Our Lady Guadalupe. Being as I'm not Catholic, I had to Google what this meant. And when I read the story of Our Lady Guadalupe and her connection to Mother Mary, I got the goosebumps. So I feel it's only appropriate to read you this quick summary of who Our Lady Guadalupe is before we dive into today's episode. On December 12th of each year, the Catholic Church celebrates the Feast of Our Lady Guadalupe, marking the day when, in 1531, the Blessed Mother appeared in Mexico to a 57-year-old man named Juan Diego. According to the earliest reliable account of the story, Juan Diego was walking near what is now Mexico City when he came upon an apparition of a maiden who he soon came to realize was the Virgin Mary. In trying to convince the archbishop of what he had seen, Juan Diego eventually was asked for a sign to prove what he had seen. Upon returning to Mary and sharing this with her, Juan Diego was instructed to climb to the top of the hill to gather flowers to bring back to the bishop. Reaching the crest of the hill, Juan Diego found Castilian roses, which were neither in season nor native to the region. The Blessed Mother arranged the flowers herself in Juan's tilma, a burlap-type cloak, and instructed him to only open the cloak upon return to the bishop. When Juan Diego arrived back to the bishop's residence and opened his cloak, the flowers fell to the floor and left on the surface of the tilma was an image that's come to be known as Our Lady of Guadalupe. And today's episode aligns so well with the feast day of Our Lady Guadalupe that I really can't wait to share Reverend Faden's episode. So tune in, turn it up, and let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I'm joined by Reverend Francis Faden. Reverend Faden is an interfaith minister and author of the books, Meditation is Friendship with God and How to Recognize God. A master intuitive healer and spiritual counselor, Francis is fluent in the language of human energy known as the chakra system and can quickly translate energetic information to help her clients heal. Hello, Reverend Faden. I am delighted to have you today. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much. Now, you are an interfaith minister. Can you tell us exactly what an interfaith minister is? <laughs> well, I'll do my best to explain what an interfaith <laughs> minister is, because I think we're all, we're all different. But um, an interfaith minister to me is somebody who honors all paths, all spiritual paths as valid, that, that doesn't have to be their own path. And for me personally, I attended a school that's called the, the New Seminary, and I think it's 
not sure if it's called that anymore, but that was back in the late 90s. And it was founded by a gentleman named Rabbi Gelberman, as well as Swami Satchidananda and a Protestant minister named Reverend John Mundy. And the three of them came together. And the story really is Rabbi Gelberman's story from my perspective is that he he was obviously, he's a rabbi. He came to the United States, I think, in 1939 from Hungary. He came to um, establish himself in New York and was going to send for his wife and his daughter. And unfortunately, they didn't get out of Hungary in time before the Nazi occupation. He lost his entire family in the Holocaust. And he said that, he shared this story with us. I, I was so moved. He said that when he, after the war, every, every service that he went to, people were just so angry and there was so much hatred and understandably, but he said for him, he's like, you know what? Hitler got my family, but he's not going to get me. I'm not going to be consumed with this anger and this hatred. And so what he did is he wanted to find a way to foster understanding between faiths. So he started yoga in, in the 1950s in New York City. He started studying these things and he created the new seminary. And the whole point of it was to foster this understanding. Now, back then, what most people were doing that were interfaith ministers were just doing interfaith marriages. So if you were you know, Protestant and you wanted to marry somebody Jewish, you didn't have anybody that could perform that, that's you'd call an interfaith minister for that. That's kind of the early days. Now it's really evolving into more of this kind of global conversation about understanding and acceptance. And I can only tell you for me personally, I feel like my job as an interfaith minister is to help people get a stronger or establish a stronger connection with whatever they believe in. So it could be totally different than what I believe in, but as long as it works for you and it brings you joy, my job is to help you cultivate a stronger connection with that. So that's kind of my take on it. That is so cool. I don't think I've ever heard of that, but that really just makes every light bulb in my head go off because it just makes so much sense. Especially I found myself, you know, different religions make different sense to me for various mm -hmm. reasons. So mm -hmm. I'm always like, if we could just blend all of these together, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. So, yeah. um, so I like that you talked about healing and, and that one of your mentors didn't want to focus on, on the negative part and want it to keep going forward. So I know healing is an ongoing process and it's really a topic that we should be speaking more about. More specifically, today we're here to talk about relationship healing. But before we dive into that, you had a profound encounter with Mother Mary. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so speaking of healing, um, uh, boy, this, this whole topic is something I could talk about for hours, but I'll, I'll kind of give you the short version. So I was actually raised Catholic, so Mother Mary... Jesus, the saints, all of that was part of my background. And so I grew up with that, but I, I knew that I wanted to be a priest when I was like seven and very quickly ran into the dogma of the church of like, you can't do that because you're a woman. I mean, you're a female and you can't do that. So at a very young age, I started to understand that there was a difference between guidance and religion. I knew that there was a, there was something going on there that was like, mm, this doesn't sound quite true. So I started studying things when I was really young, like 11, 12, 13, astrology and all things. I was looking to figure out what the truth was, but I was distancing myself from all things Catholic because for me, it was really painful. And Mother Mary was kind of propped up when I was a kid as this, um, you know, docile, um, 
you know, not very dynamic, kind of just do what everybody says kind of thing, not a very strong energy. And so I didn't want to have anything to do with Mother Mary's energy as I got older. I was like, no, thanks. And so I, I just, I started studying yoga. I started studying all these different things. And this was even before I became an interfaith minister. Once I became an interfaith minister and I was in school, we, we were studying something different every month. And so when we got to the, the part about Catholicism, I had a lot of healing that I needed to do because I had a lot of hurt spots still from, from that whole tradition. But I started understanding more of the mysticism. And mysticism is the thing that I really love. Mysticism, when you're a mystic, you're somebody who is seeking to have your own direct experience of the divine, to not have to go through somebody else. So like in the Catholic tradition, it's believed that you have to go and talk to the priest and then the priest acts as the intermediary for you. Well, a mystic doesn't do that. A mystic wants to have that direct connection. And if you study all of the religions, you'll see that every one of them has a mystical branch. So you have this in Catholicism and in Christianity. You have it, obviously, you have it in, in India with Hinduism. You have it in Islam, the Sufi tradition, all of them. There's all this branch of people that want to go just beyond the day-to-day and have that divine encounter. And that's always what my energy was. So as I got older, I was looking for how can I really make my spirituality, the center of my life. And so I, I found a spiritual community in Northern California and my wife and I moved there and we were living there for a few years and it was really, really great. But I started to fall into wanting to fit in. I started falling into wanting to belong there. And so I kind of had stopped listening to my guidance because I started seeing things that were telling me, you're probably done here. You've probably learned what you need to learn and it's time for you to move on but I didn't want to move on. I wanted that to be like the thing. And so I started to get a little bit disconnected. So really I should have stayed there three years. I ended up being there six years. And at the end of that, I had almost lost my connection to God, which, you know, as a minister is not a good thing. I was really what I call spiritually heartbroken. Mm. And by the time we left the community, I was so distraught. We moved down to Southern California that I couldn't even meditate anymore. I would just sit in front of my altar and I would light a candle and that's all I could do. I would write in my journal, but I couldn't really meditate. And I was in, I was having what I call the dark night of the soul where I I knew God was there, but I really couldn't feel it because my heart was so shut down. So what ended up happening, the short version, what ended up happening was I was praying. This is about nine, nine or 10 months later. I was praying and I was real. I talked to God as divine mother, just kind of the universal mother. And I said, like, oh, divine mother, you got to help me. You really got to help me because I can't go on like this. Like I need some, I need some direction in my business. I also need some help in my personal life. Like I can't, I can't just go on like this. And no kidding, Lauren, this is what happened. I was sitting at my meditation altar and all of a sudden I could feel the energy in the room changed. Mm. And I knew there was like an energy standing behind me. Now, I, I do healing work with people all the time, and I, so I can, you know, I see angels. I like all that kind of stuff. Like, that's kind of normal for me, but this was different than that. Like, it was not just seeing it in my mind's eye. I could feel this energy standing behind me. And so I took a breath, and I was like, okay, who is this that's standing behind yeah. me? And I immediately knew in my mind's eye, I could see it. Boom, that's Mother Mary. Now, I didn't ask for her to come. I wasn't you know, thinking it was going to be her. To me, Divine Mother was this universal energy. I would have much preferred it if it had been Kuan Yin <laughs> or Saraswati, nothing Catholic at all. Um, but it was her. And I could feel this unconditional love. 
And so in my mind, <laughs> I said, um, Mother Mary, what, you know, why are you here? Is there something that you're wanting from me? And lo and behold, what she asked of me was so, it's so funny now. She said, I want to be on your next teleclass. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I want to be on your next teleclass. Now I had just started doing these teleclasses where I was doing more like group sessions with people, group kind of like reading type of things where I give people a message. And I just started doing that with the angels. And she was like, I want to do that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then boom, then her energy was gone. And all my stuff came up because I was like, oh, this is good. Like, how am I going to tell people like, oh, I'm going to be able to bring Mother Mary's messages. You know, I have stuff about who am I? I'm not even Catholic. No one's going to believe me. They're going to think I'm, you know, more special. But I was at such a low point in my life that I said, you got nothing to lose. Just try it. So I did. So the next week I did this message circle with her and I had a bunch of people on there and it went really, really well. And the feedback I got from people is what was the clincher. Because again, I prayed about it and I said, if I made this whole thing up, like you got to make it really clear to me because I don't want to be doing anything that's going to be, you know, not the truth. I said, you got to give me some sign that this is what I'm really supposed to be doing. And the first three people gave me feedback at the end of the call and they said, this was the best thing you've ever done. If you have any doubt about what you're supposed to be doing in your life, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I didn't ask them for feedback. (laughs) I didn't ask anybody. So that was my confirmation. And ever since then, she's been working with me side by side. So I honestly believe that for me, she comes to me as Mother Mary. But if I had been born in China, she would come to me as Kuan Yin, the goddess of compassion. If I was born in India, she probably would have come to me as Lakshmi. You know, she, this is the, a universal energy. But for me personally, she comes to me as Mother Mary. And she, is, um, she really pulled me out of that dark night of the soul and really has redirected me to help people in a, a much more profound way than I was able to do before. How crazy that you went from as a child kind of like brushing her to the side and now as an adult, it's like, oh, you've got my back. Yeah. Yeah. And the cool thing is, is that the more I learn about her, the more I realize how what I was told as a kid was wrong. She is dynamic. She is powerful. She's very, very kind, obviously, and very loving, but she is also the the, uh, embodiment of strength. And when I read her story and I really get into... Like she, it took a lot of courage to be able to say, yes, I will do this. It took a lot of courage to be able to say to her fiance, St. Joseph, guess what? I have something going on here and you might not understand it. And she, in, in now times, it's like if somebody had done that, they would have totally been ridiculed and an outcast. And she was even risking her life, but she was willing to follow the truth. So I see her very differently than I did when I was a kid. She's really a role model for women, for women to own their power. And that's why I love her so much. So when she's almost giving you messages, like, are you just opening yourself up and then the messages come through you or how does that work? Okay. So for me, um, the way that it works for me is that I usually like, it's not happening right now. Like I'm not, she's not talking to me right now about stuff with you or anything. I I say a prayer and I get myself into a space to invoke her presence to be with us. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, if you and I were having a session together, it's like a three-way conversation. So I would ask you, I would say, okay, Lauren, you know, what is it that you're wanting to get some feedback about? And you say, well, I really want help with my relationship or whatever that might be. I say, okay, so I'll write some things down. And then I would say my prayer and I invoke her to come and be with us. And as soon as I feel the shift in the energy, that's how I know it's a shift in the energy. 
I'll share with you what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling, what I'm hearing, and sharing that with you, making sure it makes sense to you. Because what I'm really doing is just translating energetic information in a way that's going to be helpful for you. And then you tell me whether that makes sense. And then you can ask questions. So it's like a three-way kind of conversation. And then when we're finished, we just say thank you and we, and we close the call. And I always record my sessions because you never know what's going to come on. And it's really powerful information. So you set the intention first and, and then to like invite her in almost. Yeah. 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 It's like that. I mean, ever since I've worked with her, my ability to do other things has also increased. So I can work with any saint, any, anybody that's crossed over. I can work with anybody because she's given me that grace to do that. Before that, I could work with people's energy fields, but I didn't have the ability that I have now. So for example, if you wanted to work with your patron saint, if you wanted to talk to St. Francis of Assisi or whatever, I can actually do that. And it's a grace that that came through her, which I'm really grateful for. That is so cool. And I'm sure like the older you get and the more you do this, you're just becoming like, I, I don't want to say like stronger, but yeah, yeah. But stronger. <laughs> yeah. It's just like anything. It's like if you play the piano, if you play the piano every day and you do it for five years, you're going to be better, right? right. So I do this every day. I mean, I do it um, I do it one-on-one. I do it in you know a group kind of a situation. I do it in teleclasses where it's one message for the entire group and you know it can be lots of people. So yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing. And, and anybody who's drawn to Mother Mary's energy, the thing that we all have in common is a desire to alleviate suffering on some level. So if, if you have any desire to alleviate the suffering that's in the world, she's probably on your team. That's what I always say with people is if you have that desire, she's probably there guiding you and helping you. Even, you don't even have to have been raised in any kind of Christian background. Um, I have people from all different backgrounds that are in my uh, online community, and they all say, I don't know why I have this connection with her, but I do. And that's usually the common denominator is that heart energy that really wants to help. Wow, that is so cool. Now, you discovered the creative mystic healer archetype. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so speaking of saints... um, my patron saint and your pa- you, a patron saint is a saint that is uh, on the other side who is helping you and you can choose a saint and it can also be somebody that like it could be uh, if there's a saint after your name or something like that or on your birthday but really I like to just go ahead and choose and so for me my patron saint is Saint Hildegard of Bingen and this is a woman she's amazing she lived like a thousand years ago and we're still benefiting from her work and she was Um, an abbess of a Benedictine monastery. She was a composer. She was a visionary. She was a healer. She's one of the first people that was writing down the um, healing, the healing aspects of plants and herbs and even crystals. You know, she would go and she would commune with everything. And she really believed that God was in everything. She honored creation, everything in creation. So she's very connected to the natural world. And it was through studying her that I started to see, wait a minute, like she's got all of these qualities. And then I was reading a book by Andrews, who's a really popular author a while ago. He's crossed over since, since then. But um, he was saying how in the old days, back, back in the old days, the person in the tribe or the person in the community that was the priest or what I call the mystic, the priest and the healer, and also the artist, the musician, the creative person, they were all the same person. Mm. They weren't three different people. They were all the same person. 
And Hildegard actually embodies that, that you, it's all the same energy. And the thing that makes it all the same is that you're acting as a bridge between the seen world and the unseen world. So when you're a healer, you're acting as that bridge and that channel for healing energy. When you're a writer or a painter or a musician, you're also acting as that go-between. You're that channel. And the same thing as a mystic. You're acting as that you have a relationship with the unseen world and you're able to bring forth inspiration for other people. So that's actually one person. And what I find is that people that are what I call the threefold, the threefold archetype, they struggle because they think they're supposed to pick one. Mm. Never feels right to pick one. So you like say, okay, I'm going to be a healer. And then you do that. But then you always have this book in the back of your mind that you want to write, or you have music that you want to write, whatever it might be. Right. And, you, and you don't give yourself time to do that. And then you create struggle. So if you recognize that you're all three of these, and I do think people are a little bit stronger, a little bit more dominant in one. And that's one thing I can tell people when I'm working with them and I can read it in their energy. There's, there's always one that's a little bit stronger, but if you ignore the other two, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to feel fulfilled. You're going to feel lopsided. And you're always going to be feeling like, am I doing the right thing? Am I on purpose? Am I not on purpose? So I always encourage my clients. I, I tend to draw people to me that are this archetype of the creative mystic healer. And I just help them accept that and start to learn how to express all three, all three aspects in a way that can bring you more of that sense of fulfillment. That really, that makes a lot of sense. So what are some challenges that this archetype has in regards to relationships? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, I think relationships are challenging across the board for most people anyway. But the thing that if you are a creative mystic healer, like you have that threefold thing, you're also probably a highly sensitive person. Mm. These are highly sensitive. You have to be a highly sensitive yeah. person to be able to commune with nature, to be able to channel that energy. And so highly sensitive people have a unique set of relationship challenges just because you're so highly sensitive. One of which is that you probably need a lot more alone time than you either admit or that society tells you is okay. So that's the first thing right there is how do I navigate being in a relationship with another person when some of my relationship needs are for alone time because I need to have my time to be creative. I need to have that. And so negotiating boundaries, um, being able to tell, again, highly sensitive people, it's a spectrum. Some people are highly sensitive. Some people are empaths, which is kind of the far end of the spectrum of sensitivity. And they have a really hard time with merging. You know, like they, they can't tell when they're feeling something that's theirs or the other person's energy. Okay. So being able to tell more about yourself. And also just the biggest thing I see is that self-acceptance, really accepting yourself and not trying to be like everybody else and not trying to live in what the world tells you. All of that's going to show up in your relationships. And when I say relationships, yeah, romantic relationships, but your relationships with your kids, with your colleagues, with your parents, with your in-laws, with your friends, with your clients, that can be a big one too. Relationship sh issues will show up everywhere there are people. And so having a stronger relationship with yourself is the core foundation piece that I teach people. You have to have that strong relationship with yourself so that you understand what you need in relationships and can start creating that. 
Wow. You kind of hit the nail on the head because I feel like you're speaking directly to me right now because I am definitely that person who has to, like, I crave alone time, no matter the relationship. Like with my kids, I'm like, I need five minutes. Like just give me Mm -hmm. five minutes to just, it's almost like I have to reset and, and Mm -hmm. just being alone. It allows me to just take a breath and kind of, it, 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 I am. I reset. That's like the only way I can think of is I reset everything. And when I don't have that alone time, I can feel it in my body. You know, like I really crave it. Yeah. And you know what? If people don't give it to themselves, they get cranky. It causes problems because what ends up happening is it's happening on a subconscious level now. And what will happen, at least this is what I find for myself is I'll start to create a fight just to create some distance. So it's okay <laughs> yeah. for me to like go out for a walk by myself or whatever. Right. Instead of just saying, I need to go out for a walk by myself. Okay, bye. See you later. The part of me that doesn't feel like that's okay or feel guilty or whatever it is will cause a problem because these are needs that you actually have. And especially for creative people like you, we need that alone time. You just need to get back in your own energy. And so I always say for my clients, I was like, I'll write a little prescription for you and say, you, you have to have this as alone time. If you don't, you're going to have a lot of tension in your life. And it will, for you specifically, it'll make you a better mom. It's going to yeah. make you a more present mom. It's gonna, you're going to be able to connect with your kids more if you do this piece first. Oh, I love that. So what are three spiritual tools that can heal any relationship? So the three spiritual tools that I offer my clients and I offer to everybody that's listening, uh, these, are, these are life transforming and they really can heal any relationship. So like I said, with your parents, with your kids, with anybody, once you understand yourself and you understand how to apply these tools, you can start using them anywhere. Now, they may not sound like you know tools, tools to you, but I'm going to tell you how, how I use them with people and how you can start using them. Now, I'm going to ask you, since you're someone who's highly sensitive and you're, you're clearly on the spiritual path, have you ever heard that phrase that you create your own reality? Yes. Okay. So let me ask you, is your life filled with only the things that you want? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so here's the question. If we create our own reality, why would we not be creating only the things that we want, right? Yeah. And it's because we don't know how we create a reality. So a lot of spiritual people, when I tell them the first tool is to really understand this, that you create your own reality. People, oh, yeah, I believe that. But they don't know how they create their own reality. Mm-hmm. We have to start explaining that when there's things going on in our lives, it's like, oh, wait a minute, this is coming from me. I'm, I'm the, the common denominator in all these scenarios. You create your own reality. The second thing you're going to look at is... If that's true, then I need to take 100% responsibility for my life. So mm. that's the second tool. And what that does is it gets you right out of the blame game. You yeah. have to be willing to let go of blaming because you're creating your reality and you're taking 100% responsibility. That means it's not somebody else's fault. Now, let me just put in a little caveat here. I'm talking about like general relationships. If anybody's listening and you're in any kind of an abusive relationship, I'm not talking about like taking responsibility for somebody else's abusive relation abusive behavior towards you please go get help there's lots of resources that's the part that's your responsibility is how you respond to other people's behavior but you're not responsible for other people and the choices that they make what we're responsible for is that it's showing up in our life and how are we going to respond to that so i just want to say that so we take the responsibility for our life and then the third thing 
is that we recognize that we're always working with the law of cause and effect. We're always working with the law of cause and effect. It's a universal law. And that's how we start to create our reality differently. So when I'm working with people, one of the things I do is I can dive right deep into their energy field and I can start to see what's the, what's the cause of what you're seeing in your life. So when I say the law of cause and effect, it's really like any results that you have. So if you take a look at your life right now, and I invite everybody to do that, you take a look at your life and you think to yourself like, well, you know, what, what are the beliefs that may have created some of the things that are going on? All you have to do is look at what's in your life and that'll give you an idea about some of the causes. When I, let me be clear about this. Cause can be an action that you've taken, but it also can be and is more likely a belief that you have. Mm. And we all have beliefs that we're not aware of in our subconscious mind. So, and again, this is a much longer topic, but from the time we're born until the time we're about seven years old, everything's going into the subconscious mind because the, the reasoning mind is not yet developed. That, makes that means that this is why little kids, like they believe in everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they just like, they can just believe in everything. And then around seven, eight, nine years old, they start to go, wait a minute. Right. And they start to figure things out, right? Like the North pole is where, and they start putting two and two together before then they don't have that ability to discern. So anything that you were told from the time you're one to the time that you're seven, anything that you witnessed that was in your environment that you just absorbed because you're like a little sponge becomes part of your subconscious programming. And that programming is going to manifest itself out into choices that we make and to people that we attract in our lives. And, and this is how we see repeating patterns. Anytime you have a repeating pattern in your life, you know there's a subconscious belief that's connected to it because all patterns come from the subconscious mind. So that's part of what we, we take a look at. And the way that this heals any relationship is you start to see what causes can I start to, to put out there that's going to change the results. And so even as simply as recognizing that, oh, you know, I'm married to this person who is just like my mother or just like my father and is, is pushing this particular button for me, I'm going to react differently to that. Maybe mm. when they start to get upset, I'm going to say, you know what, sweetie, I'm going to go take the dog for a walk and you're not going to engage. That will change the dynamic of your relationship. And as you start to heal that belief, and usually people have more painful beliefs, like they feel like they're not good enough or whatever that might be. That's where we dive deep and we start to help people heal their relationship with themselves. And that's what ends up healing all the relationships. And I've seen it in my own life and every, everybody I've worked with. So you really have to be mindful of of for being aware and being mindful. And also it sounds like setting some healthy boundaries for yourself as well. Yeah, but you have to know what they are for you. And so right. I'm not a, I'm not a big proponent of like um, one size fits all. I always tell people your energy field is going to tell you what it is that you need. And part of what I do when I work with people is I help them to get on intimate terms with their own energy. I help them to understand what is your energy? So like I might say to you, so, you know, Lauren, it would be really great for you to start journaling and it would be great for you to start going for nature walks. And I could give you a list of things that usually are helpful for highly sensitive people. But if you and I were working one-on-one -on -one and I was listening to what your energy was saying, your energy might tell me something totally different. Like what I really want to do and what's going to really make a big difference for me is I want to finish writing my book 
or I want to take dance lessons that my mom told me she couldn't afford when I was a kid. And that, that desire has never gone away. And by acting on that, that might be your path of self-awareness, whereas journaling would be okay, but it wouldn't be as fast for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I, I, I like that it's not one size fit all because you can you can run into so many different people who are like you, but maybe like the core problem isn't exactly the same as yours. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. So if someone wants to learn more about relationship healing, where can they start? So this is a huge topic, relationship healing, and there's a ton of things that are out there. But what I would recommend, I have an audio that is on my website. If you go to my website, it's right there on the homepage. And it's an audio that I created that I go into much more depth on everything that we talked about, about these three tools and how you can start using them. And that's where I would say probably is the best place to start. Because if you listen, it's about an hour, hour or so. And you really go deep into these three tools, you'll start to see how, first of all, if they apply to you, you know, are you a highly sensitive person? Do you have this creative mystic healer archetype? Is this something that would be helpful for you? That's the first place I would start is to go there, get the audio and listen to that. And then from there, you can decide for yourself, do you want to go more down the, uh, like, do you want to do more of the psychological way of looking at things? Do you want to do more of the spiritual way of looking at things? You can decide for yourself. But that's where I would say is probably the, the best place to start. And I will also say one more time, if you're having really, really serious relationship problems and there's any level of danger, please get help for that. Because I, don't, I never encourage people to try to take a shortcut. Like there's a, there's a time right. and a place for therapy when you need that. The work that I do is not therapy, but it is spiritual counseling. And it is a very wonderful adjunct to that, but it's not instead of that. It's never instead of that. I like that. So that's what I would recommend. Um, and you also can, can use this as business healing as well. Yeah, totally. Because as I said, your relationships are, are going to be everywhere. And I've seen this. I used to do marketing coaching back in the day. And Lauren, when people are afraid of rejection, when they are having a difficult time having a sales conversation with somebody and they need to have boundaries with their clients, it's the same issues. It's the same stuff that comes up. So if you really want to have a dynamic business, this is an area of your life that you need to take care of so that you can have a really great business. I used to have such problems in my business way, way back about you know, people would cancel at the last minute and I had a 24, I didn't even have a 24 hour cancellation policy. You know, I don't have any of those problems anymore. I have, I've totally cleaned that up. And that's what people can do for themselves is you, if you strengthen your energy with yourself, you're going to start drawing to you people that match your frequency and your energy, even in your business. Oh, that's so true. And sometimes it's about letting go of things in your business too. I know I was just really unhappy in my business the past two years. And when I took a step back, I really had to nail down what was making me unhappy. And it all came back to me, of course, because I was doing things that I didn't really want to do. And I was giving people energy that they were depleting me of all of my energy. And I didn't have those boundaries set up. And, you know, someone texting me at 10 o'clock at night asking for something, you know, for me to yep. do something on their social media, it was just like, this is not yep. okay okay, but I wasn't even speaking up and telling them that it wasn't okay. So by me right. not even voicing it, they didn't know that it wasn't okay with me. So then it continued happening. And, you know, it just turns into this like vicious cycle where you're like, how do I get out of it? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you know firsthand exactly what that's like. And it comes from a good place, like you're wanting to help, but it's also coming from a place that's anything that's going to hurt you, in my opinion, is never really going to help the other person. So having those boundaries, like for you, um, putting in place maybe, uh, you know, what your business parameters are, your working hours, and that kind of stuff. It seems like really basic, but when you're a highly sensitive person, it can be life-saving. It can just yeah. really make a huge difference. Wow. So, so great. So Reverend Francis, can you tell our listeners um, your website and all of your social platforms so they can connect with you further? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is francisfaden.com and um, Francis is spelled with an E, not an I. A lot of times they think it's I like St. Francis, but it's F-R-A-N-C-E-S-F-A-Y-D-E-N, francisfaden.com. Right on the homepage, that's where you can find that audio on um, relationship healing for highly sensitive and advanced spiritual seekers. And that's a great place to go. Um, I do have my community of Mary. That's my online spiritual community, communityofmary.com. And if you want to find out more about Mother Mary, you could go there. I am on uh, Facebook. I think it's Reverend Francis Faden is my, my page on there. I, I was doing Twitter for a while, but I let go of Twitter. So I'm mostly on, on Facebook <laughs> right now. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Reverend Francis, not only for sharing your journey and knowledge on healing, but I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. It's so great to be in your and I really appreciate it. Wonderful. Head over to mindbizlife.com to grab this week's episode notes, as well as direct links to Reverend Faden's website and social channels. Don't forget that I'm on Instagram at mindbizlife. My posts on there are all feel good, and my goal is to help you vibrate higher with information that will fuel your life. I'll see you back here next week, and until then, remember... Every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.